0: Chapter 11 of Elsie Ingalls by Eva Shaw McLaren. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Russia. For a clear understanding and appreciation of subsequent events affecting the relations between Dr. Engels and the Serb division, a brief account of its genesis may be given here. The division consisted mainly of Serbo-Croats and Slovenes namely serbs who as subjects of austria-hungary were obliged to serve in the austrian army nearly all of these men had been taken prisoners by the russians or perhaps more correctly had voluntarily surrendered to the russians rather than fight for the enemies of their co-nationals in may nineteen fifteen a considerable number of these austro-serbs volunteered for service with the serbian army and by arrangement with the russian government who gave them their freedom they were transported to serbia after the entry of bulgaria into the war it was no longer possible to send them to serbia and two thousand were left behind at odessa the number of these volunteers increased however to such an extent that by permission of the serbian government serbian officers from corfu were sent over to organize them into a military unit for service with the russian army by may nineteen sixteen a first division was formed under the command of the serb colonel colonel hadjic and later a second division under general it was to be the first division that the scottish women's hospitals and transport were to be attached the unit mustered at liverpool on august twenty nine and left for archangel on the following day it consisted of a personnel of seventy five and three doctors with elsie ingalls cmo a member of the staff describes the journey our unit left liverpool for russia on august thirty first nineteen sixteen like the israelites of old we went out not knowing exactly where we were bound for we knew only that we had to join the serbian division of the russian army but where that division was or how we were to get there we could not tell we were seventy-five all told with fifty tons of equipment and sixteen automobiles we had a special transport and after nine days over the north sea we arrived at archangel from archangel we were in train for russia and sent down via moscow to odessa receiving there further instructions to proceed to the romanian front where our serbs were in action we were fourteen days altogether in the train i remember dr engels during those long days on the journey playing patience calm and serene or losing her own patience when the train was stopped and would not go on out she would go and address the russian officials in strenuous nervous british it was often effective one of our interpreters heard one station-master saying there is a great row going on here and there will be trouble to-morrow if this train isn't got through at Reni we were embarked on a steamer and barges and sent down the danube to a place called Chernovoda, where once more we were disembarked and proceeded by train and motor to Megidia, where our first hospital was established in a large barracks on the top of a hill above the town an excellent mark for enemy aeroplanes the hospital was ready for wounded two days after our arrival until then it was a dirty empty building yet the wounded were received in it some forty-eight hours after our arrival it was a notable achievement but for dr ingalls obstacles and difficulties were placed in her path for the purpose of being overcome if the mountains of mohammed would not move she removed them in connection with the establishment of these field hospitals i have vivid recollections of her the great empty upper floor of the barracks at mejidia seventy-five of us all in the one room the lines of camp beds dr engels and her officers in one corner and how quietly in all the noise and hubbub she went to bed and slept i remember how i had to waken her when certain officials came on the night of our arrival to ask when we would be ready for the wounded say tomorrow," she said and slept again it's a wonder she did not say now one of my fellow officers remarked we were equipped for two field hospitals of one hundred beds each and our second hospital was established close to the firing line at Bobulmich. We were at Bobomich and Medigia only some three weeks when we had to retreat. Three weeks of strenuous work at these two places ended in a sudden evacuation and retreat. Hospital B and the transport got separated from Hospital A. We can only, of course, follow the fortunes of Hospital A, which was directly under Dr. Engels. The night of the retreat is made vivid for us by Dr. Engels the station was a curious sight that night the flight was beginning a crowd of people was collected at one end with boxes and bundles and children one little boy was lying on a doorstep asleep and against the wall farther on lay a row of soldiers on the bench to the right under the light was a doctor in his white overall stretched out sound asleep between the two rushes of work at the station dressing-room and a romanian officer talked to me of glasgow where he had once been invited out to dinner so he had seen the british customs it was good to feel those british customs were still going quietly on whatever was happening here breakfasts coming regularly hot water for baths and everything as it should be it was probably absurd but it came like a great wave of comfort to feel that britain was there quiet strong and invincible behind everything and everybody a member of the unit also gives us details i went twice down to the station with baggage in the evening a perilous journey in rickety carts through pitch darkness over roads crammed with troops and refugees which were lit up periodically by the most amazing green lightning i have ever seen and the roar and flash of the guns was incessant at the station no lights were allowed because of enemy aircraft but the place was illuminated here and there by the camp-fires of a new siberian division which had just arrived picked troops these and magnificent men we wrestled with the baggage until two a m and went back to the hospital in one of our own cars our orderly came in almost in tears her cart had twice turned over completely on its way to the station so on arrival she had hastened to dr ingalls with a tale of woe and a scratched face dr ingalls said that's right dear child that's right stick to the equipment which may very well be described as the motto of the unit these days the majority of the unit are to go to galatz by train with dr corbett the rest self-included are to go by road with dr ingalls and work with the army as a clearing station on the morning of october twenty second the train party got off as quick as possible and at about four p m a big lorry came for our equipment we loaded it seven of us mounted on the top and the rest of us went in two of our own cars the scene was really intensely comic seven scottish women balanced precariously on the pile of luggage a serbian doctor with whom dr ingles is to travel standing alongside in a hysterical condition imploring us to hurry telling us the bulgarians were as good as in the town already dr ingles quite unmoved demanding the whereabouts of the ludgate boiler somebody arriving at the last minute with a huge open bottle of treacle which of course could not possibly be left to a german oh dear how we laughed dr ingalls would never allow the sunday service to be missed if it was at all possible to hold it miss onslow tells us how she seized at a seeming opportunity even on this sunday of so many dangers to make ready for the service medjidia sunday was the day on which we began our retreat from the Dobruja. we spent most of the morning going to and from the station a place almost impossible to enter or leave on account of the refugees their carts and animals and the army which was on the move blocking all the approaches transporting sick members of the unit and some equipment which still had to be put on the train and only my touring car and one ambulance with which to do the work dr ingles had been at the station until the early hours of the morning but nevertheless superintended everything that was being done both at the train and up at the hospital towards noon a serbian officer brought in a report that things were not as bad for the moment as they expected whereupon the doctor immediately gave orders to prepare the room for a service at four o'clock that afternoon and she began revolving plans for immediate work in Megedea. but alas the good news was a false report the enemy was rushing onwards the russian lorry came for the personal baggage and any remaining equipment which had not gone by train and it piled high with luggage and some of the staff left at three the remainder of us going in the ambulance and my car dr ingles came in my car and i had the honor of driving our dear doctor nearly all the time and am the only member of the unit who was with her the whole time of the retreat from Megiddo until we reached the danube at harsheva the four days of the Dobruja retreat from october twenty-second to twenty-sixth were days of horror for all who took part in it not least for dr Inkles and the members of her units at first we passed a few carts then at some distance more and more till we found ourselves in an unending procession of peasants with all their worldly goods piled on those vehicles. This procession seemed difficult to pass, but as time went on, added to it came the Romanian army retreating hundreds of guns, cavalry, infantry, ambulances, red cross carts, motor kitchens, and wounded on foot. A most extraordinary scene. The night was inky black the only lights were our own headlights and those of the ambulance behind us but they revealed a sad and never-to-be-forgotten picture our driver was quite wonderful she sat unmoved often for half an hour at a time there was a block and we had to wait while the yelling frantic mob did what they could to get into some sort of order then we would move on for ten minutes and then stop again it was like a dream or a play it certainly was a tragedy no one spoke we just waited and watched it all to us it was a spectacle to these poor homeless people it was a terrible reality at eleven thirty that sunday night dr ingalls and the party with her arrived at Karamarat. the straw beds and the fairy-tale dinner and the cheery voice of dr ingalls calling them to partake of it will never be forgotten by these scottish women on arrival at karamarat dr engels had asked for a room for her unit and a good meat meal she was told a room was waiting for them but a good meal was an impossibility the town had been evacuated there had been no food to be got for days though it was only a bare room with straw in heaps on the floor and green blankets to wrap ourselves in to cold shivering beings like ourselves it seemed all that heart could desire never shall i forget the delight of lying down on the straw the dry warm blanket rolled round me then a most wonderful thing happened the door opened and several soldiers entered with the most beautiful meal i ever ate it was like a fairy tale where did it come from the lovely soup the real russian borscht and roast turkey and plenty of bread and cheese. we ate like wolves and i can remember so distinctly sitting up in my straw nest with my blanket round me and hearing dr ingle's cheery voice saying isn't this better than having to start and cook a meal she was the most extraordinary person when she said she must have a thing she got it and it was never for herself always for others they started again early on monday morning and after another day of adventures slept that night in the open air beside a river cushions were brought from the cars and all the rugs we could find and soon we were sitting round the fire waiting for the water to boil for our tea and a more delightful merry meal could not be imagined we all told our experiences of the day and dr ingalls said but this is the best of all it is just like a fairy tale and so it was for as we looked there were groups of soldiers holding their horses standing motionless staring at us we saw them only through the wood smoke the fire attracted them and they came to see what it could mean seeing nine women laughing and chatting alone and within earshot of the guns the distant skyline red with the enemy's doings was more than they could understand they did not speak but quietly went away as they had come rolled in our blankets with the warmth of the fire making us feel drowsy our chatter gradually ceased and we slept as only a day in the open air can make one sleep another two days of continued retreat and the different parties of scottish women arrived at places of safety quote, thus we all came through the dobruja retreat we had only been one month in Romania, but we seemed to have lived a lifetime between the twenty-second and twenty-sixth of october nineteen sixteen in a letter to the committee dr Ingle says of the unit they worked magnificently at mejidia and took the retreat in a very joyous indomitable way one cannot say they were plucky because i don't think it ever entered their heads to be afraid finally the scattered members of the unit joined forces again at breyla where dr Ingalls opened a hospital during the time at breyla dr Engels wrote to her relations the letter is dated rennie where she had gone for a few days rennie october twenty eighth nineteen sixteen dearest amy just a line to say i am all right four weeks to-morrow since we reached mejidia and began our hospital we evacuated it in three weeks and here we all are back on the frontier such a time it has been amy dear you cannot imagine what war is just behind the lines and in a retreat our second retreat and almost to the same day We evacuated Kragujevac on the 25th of October last year. We evacuated Medjidea on the 22nd this year. On the 25th this year, we were working in a Russian dressing station at Harshova, and were moved on in the evening. We arrived at Brela to find 11,000 wounded and seven doctors, only one of them a surgeon. Boat come. Must stop. am going back to Brela to do surgery. Have sent every trained person there ever you dear dear people your loving sister elsie we have had lots of exciting things too and amusing things and good things two further retreats had however to be experienced by dr ingles and her unit before they could settle down to steady work the three retreats took place in the following order sunday october twenty second retreated from Megidia october twenty fifth arrived at Breila worked there till december third December third retreated to Galatz, where very strenuous work awaited them. January fourth retreated to reni august nineteen seventeen left Reni and rejoined the Serb division at Haji Abdul. The work during the above period, from October 25th, 1916, to August 1917, was done for the Russians and Romanians. As soon as it was possible, Dr. Engels joined the Serb division in the end of August 1917. Quote, Dr. Engels was still working in Reni when the Russian Revolution broke out in March the spirit of unrest and indiscipline which manifested itself among the troops spread also to the hospitals and a russian doctor reported that in the other hospitals the patients had their own committees which fixed the hours for meals and doctors visits and made hospital discipline impossible but there was no sign of this under dr ingall's kindly but firm rule without relaxing disciplinary measures she did all in her power to keep the patients happy and contented and as the russian easter drew near she bought four icons to be put up in the wards that the men might feel more at home the result of this kindly thought was a charming easter letter written by the patients to the much-honored elsie maud the daughter of john the wounded and sick soldiers from all parts of the army and fleet of great free russia who are now for healing in the hospital which you command penetrated with a feeling of sincere respect feel it their much-desired duty to-day on the day of the feast of holy easter to express to you our deep reverence to you the doctor warmly loved by all and also to your honored personnel of women we wish also to express our sincere gratitude for all the care and attention bestowed on us and we bow low before the tireless and wonderful work of yourself and your personnel which we see every day directed towards the good of the soldiers allied to your country may england live signed the russian citizen soldiers we cannot be too grateful to one member of the unit who in her impressions of dr ingalls has given us a picture of her during these months in russia that will live i think so much stress has been laid by those who worked under her on the leader who said there was no such word as cant in the dictionary that the extraordinarily lovable personality that lay at the root of her leadership is in danger of being obscured i do not mean by this that we all had a romantic affection for her her influence was of a much finer quality just because she never dragged in the personal element she was the embodiment of so much and achieved more in her subordinates just because she never had to depend for their loyalty on the limits of an admired personality there is no one i should like less to hear described as popular no one had less an easy power of endearing herself at first sight to those with whom she came in contact at least in the relations of the unit the first impression as has been repeated over and over again was always one of great strength and singleness of purpose but all those fine qualities with which the general public is quite rightly ready to credit her had their roots in a serenity and gentleness of spirit which that same public has had all too little opportunity to realize her unit itself realized it slowly enough they obeyed it first because she was stronger than they only later because she was finer and better you know it was not at least an easy job to win the best kind of service from a mixed lot of women the trained members of which had never worked under a woman before and were ready with their very narrow outlook to seize on any and every opportunity for criticism there was much opposition more or less grumblingly expressed at first no one hesitated to do what she was told impossible with dr ingalls as a chief but it was grudgingly done in the end it was all for the best if she had been the kind of person who took trouble to rouse an easy personal enthusiasm the whole thing would have fallen to pieces at the first stress of work on the other hand if she had never inspired more than respect she would never have won the quality of service she succeeded in winning the really mean-spirited were loyal just so long as she was present because she daunted them and dr ingle's disapproval was most certainly a thing to be avoided but the great majority whatever their personal views were quickly ready to recognize her authority as springing from no hasty impulse but from a finely consistent discipline of thought we were really lucky in having the retreat at the beginning of the work it helped the unit to realize how complete was the radical confidence they felt in her i think her extraordinary love of justice was next impressed upon them it took the sting out of every personal grievance and was so almost passionately sincere it hardly seemed to matter if the verdict went against you her selflessness was an example and often enough a reproach to every one of us and to go to her in any personal difficulty was such a revelation of sympathy and understanding as shed a light on those less obvious qualities that really made all she achieved possible people have often come to me and said casually oh yes dr engels was a very charming woman wasn't she and i have felt sorely tempted to say rather snappishly no she wasn't only they wouldn't have understood it is because their charming goes into the same category as my popular i am afraid you will have hardly anticipated such an outburst the difficulty is indeed to know where to stop for what could i not say of the way her patients adored her the countless little unerring things she did and said which just kept us going when things were unusually depressing or the unit unusually weary and homesick the really good moments when one won the generous appreciation that was so well worth the winning and last if i may strike this note her endless personal kindness to me the following letter to her sister mrs simpson reveals something of the lovable personality of elsie ingalls the nephew to whom it refers was wounded in the eye at the battle of gaza and died a fortnight before she did odessa june twenty fourth nineteen seventeen dearest dearest amy eve's letter came yesterday about jim and though i start at seven to-morrow morning for rennie i must write to you dear before i go though what one can say i don't know one sees these awful doings all round one but it strikes right home when one thinks of jim thank god he is still with us the dear dear boy i suppose he is home by now and anyhow he won't be going out again for some time we are all learning much from this war and i know will say it is all our own faults but i am not sure that the theory that it is part of the long struggle between good and evil does not appeal more to my mind we are just here in it and whatever we suffer and whatever we lose it is for the right we are standing it is all terrible and awful and i don't believe we can disentangle it all in our minds just now the only thing is to just go on doing one's bit miss henderson is taking home with her today a serb officer quite blind shot right through behind his eyes to place him somewhere where he can be trained i heard of him just after i had read eve's letter and i nearly cried he wasn't just a case at that minute with my thoughts full of jim dear old jim give him my love and tell him i'm proud of him and how splendidly the regiment did and how they suffered ever your loving sister elsie maud Ingalls. another of her unit who worked with dr Ingalls not only during the year in russia but through much of her strenuous campaign for the suffrage gives us these remembrances our last communion he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty dearer to me even than the memory of those outstanding qualities of great-hearted initiative courage and determination which helped to make dr elsie ingalls one of the great personalities of her age is the remembrance of certain moments when in the intimacy of close fellowship during my term of office with her on active service i caught glimpses of that simple sublime faith by which she lived and in which she died one of my most precious possessions is the bible dr engels read from when conducting the service held on sunday in the saloon of the transport which took our unit out to archangel the whole scene comes back so vividly the silent listening lines of the girls on either hand hospital gray and transport khaki in the centre standing before the union jack covered desk the figure of our dear chief and her clear calm voice he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high one felt that such a secret place was indeed the abode of her serene spirit and that there she found that steadfastness of purpose which never wavered and the strength by which she exercised not only the gracious qualities of love but those sterner ones of ruthlessness and implacability which are among the essentials of leadership dr ingalls was a philosopher in the calm way in which she took the vicissitudes of life it was only when her judgment in regard to the work she was engaged in was crossed that you became aware of her ruthlessness her wonderful ruthlessness i can find no better adjective this quality of hers perhaps more than any other drew out my admiration and respect slowly it was borne on those who worked with her that under no circumstances whatever would she fail the cause for which she was working or those who had chosen to follow her another remembrance by the banks of the danube at Reni, where at night the searchlight of the enemy used to play upon our camp in the tent erected by the girls for the service and the little altar simply and beautifully decorated by the nurse's loving hands i see her kneeling beside me wrapped in a deep meditation from which i ventured to rouse her as the chaplain came towards her with the sacred bread and wine Looking back, it seems to me that even then her soul was reaching out beyond this present consciousness. Here in the body pent, absent from him, I roam. The look on her face was the look of those who hold high communion. So, in remembrance, we ate and drank of the same bread and the same cup. Even as I write these words, remembrance comes again, and I know that, Although her bodily presence is removed, her spirit is in communion still End of chapter eleven